Uh, let me tell you about realestateagentsitrust.com. Whether you're entering the real estate market as a buyer or a seller, um, it could feel like you're rolling the dice, hoping against hope to hit uh, seven. No guarantee that the housing market is going to stay stable. In fact, it looks like house values are headed for a plunge in the not-too-distant future if some of the experts are right. Mm. Who knows? Um, Real Estate Agents I Trust is a company that I started um, many years ago. Be able to help you connect with the nation's top real estate agents. These are the best of the best, and they know not only how to get the ball moving, but how to keep it moving as well. So don't let this get you down. Get a hold of them today. Get the best real estate agent in your area. Uh, As deemed by us, the people that you know really know the system have a great track record and treat you right you know because you started this company because of a real estate disaster yes. so that's thank uh, you that was your thank motivation. you for reminding me real estate agents i trust.com the name says it all real estate agents i trust.com step closer to all being able to join a labor union or better yet just pay a labor union even though we don't want to pay the labor union or be a part of a labor union yes all of your dreams are coming true what is your line in the sand we begin in 60 seconds the glenn beck program I want to talk to you a little bit about American financing. I hate to go all chicken little on you about the United States economy, but uh, sometimes the sky really is falling. The whole weird past year has seen a dramatic decrease in mortgage rates throughout the housing industry. And during that time, I've advised you to check out American financing and see if they can save you a bundle of money every month by refinancing your own mortgage. And while you're at it, uh, bundling in all of those other debts that you have into that mortgage without resetting your loan. Now, now is the time that uh, things are starting to dwindle down a bit. Mortgage rates are still incredibly low. Stu has one in the twos now. Yep, and and I, I'm, I'm disappointed I don't have one in the ones. <laughs> now I want them to pay me. I, yeah, I would like to get a negative interest rate there myself. <laughs> uh, they're beginning to trickle back up, and once again, the ship has sailed. And when it has sailed, my friend, you're about to see a lot of, a lot of carnage in the economy. Now... Here's what I want you to do right now or sometime today. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440. American Financing, 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So today is the day that here in Texas, uh, they've lifted all of the COVID restrictions. We're back to the way we were a year ago. A year ago, 
Uh, we've opened the doors of the Mercury Studios. It's a little like uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, except no one in a crowd outside waiting to get in. <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah. The, everyone hasn't rushed back in. <laughs> right. It's like, whoa, I, well, what? Yeah, everyone complains about, I can't go out. I can't go out. I think this is going to be the exception. People are going to be like, I kind of like working at home. Yeah. I kind of like working at home. So I think that's good with the way this is going to Gonna yeah, happen. but I mean, you Maryland know, just announced they're going to reopen hmm. uh, everything here coming up. On, I think on Friday, hmm. uh, Connecticut has announced it. Mississippi. Oh my gosh! Montana, why are they trying to kill Texas. people? I know. Well, they're just irresponsible. The New York Times has a list of mostly open, mixed, and mostly closed businesses, mm-hmm. and now there are currently no more states in mostly closed. There are only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think nine, eight, eight states that are still in mixed and everything else is quote unquote. And what's crazy is this has gone against what the progressives have wanted. I mean, people are starting to open things back up and every time, at least when a red state does it, uh, you're condemned. Yeah. There's this dumb thing that happens that when a red state does it, they're condemned. I mean, Texas got just slaughtered in the media because they're opening up to 100%. No one seemed to notice. In fact, a lot of people that I know, because I grew up in Connecticut, were very critical of Texas for their uh, reopening, didn't seem to notice the next day when Connecticut announced basically the same thing. So let me switch subjects here because I think this is really exciting. The House has passed Protecting the Right to Organize Act. Ooh. This yeah. has got to be good. I could, it's protecting yeah. something. It's a right. Well, we have a right to organize yeah. and petition our government. You know what I mean? So do we need so, an act for it? Because I yeah. think it's in the Constitution already. I think we can, I think we can organize. We have a, a right to organize. We have a right to come together and... Oh, no, wait, but wait, 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 wait. No, that's to say things against the government. We don't have that right, right? Mm. They were taking that right away. You can't get together. You can't get together. You can't congregate. You can't. I mean, that's really dangerous stuff. You're a radical if you want that. However, if you want to uh, have a union, you're you're set. If you don't want to have a union, it kind of sucks for you. The House passed the Protecting the Right to Organize, the PRO Act, a bill that would substantially amend existing U.S. labor law. In a 225 to 206 vote Tuesday evening, five Republicans voted with the Democrats in favor. One Democrat voted with Republicans against it. It is a wish list for union leaders. If you didn't know who controlled the union, I mean, who controlled the Democratic Party, you certainly do now. It is. uh, It's amazing. Um, the ranking member of the House Education and Labor Community, uh, uh, Committee added that unions have pushed the bill to stop declining union membership, which has taken place over the last 60 years. It forces unionization of workers who don't necessarily want to join a union or pay union dues. Republicans proposed a series of amendments to the PRO Act, which were rejected by the Democrats. One rejected amendment proposed uh, would have required unions with a president or vice president who has been convicted of a felony within the last three years to file more detailed financial disclosures with the Department of Labor. So, So that one was going too far. You don't. You don't want to have to actually ask somebody who's been convicted of a felony. 
in the last three years. Right. Four years ago, you could have murdered an entire group of school children right. with bowling balls. But three, as long as it's not within the last exactly three years. Exactly right. That's, exactly yeah, right. That's, and, and, totally and listen, that didn't pass, thank goodness. So you could have murdered a bunch of school children with bowling balls <laughs> yesterday. Right. Okay. And uh, you don't have to answer Good. any questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The PRO Act is a, uh, a compilation of various policy changer, changes that the labor unions support, which would make it easier for unions to organize private sector employees. The bill would remove workers' ability to vote against unionization. Listen to this. Via secret ballot elections. So when they're voting, should we have a union or not? You have to, do, you have to stand up and go, Uh, I'm against the union thugs. (laughs) That's going to work out well for you. I mean, that's crazy. That is crazy. A secret ballot is one of the main cornerstones of America. I'd like a uh, horse head in my bed. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to just give the address of my children's school right now. Um, It gives the National Labor Relations Board, not the workers, a final say in the decision to unionize a workforce. The PRO Act would also nullify the right to work laws that exist in 27 states. So we have a right to work law. Uh, Not anymore. I mean, that's really bad. you, You see over and over again that the right to work states outperform. Every time unionizing states every time uh, over and over again. I mean, I have just a uh, I mean, a quick story. Uh, In fact, two. the first time I met Don Imus, uh, I was 18 years old and I was up at WNBC in New York and I had come from WNBC, BC. Where was I at the time? I think I was in Washington, WPGC, and it was not a union uh, radio station. And I go to WNBC where my friend was working and he, it was still a music station at the time. And they had him in one booth just to say 66 WNBC. This is, you know, whoever. That's what he did. They had a member of the musicians union. It was the only person that could touch the records at the time. They were still playing records. The only one that could touch the record was a member of the musicians union and he would touch the record and grab it and then he would put it on the turntable then a second person which was a uh a member of the what was it technicians union he could actually put the needle on the uh record and cue it up then you'd have your board op start the record and the jock was in a different in a room. different room, and all he would do is talk. Okay, so you had in a and job they, I, that it, I was doing myself, you had to have four people do, and they didn't. They couldn't even turn their microphones on. No, right? they couldn't. That had to be the board op to yes. do that. Yes, I mean that is incredible, incredible, and incredible. What happens to, like when the technician is putting the needle on the record and he mistakenly touches the record? Does he spontaneously combust? How does that work? I don't. I don't really know. Okay. But they were very, very serious about it because I. <laughs> was mocking it and uh, he was like don't mock it yeah don't mock it don't right. mock it i'll be dead by tomorrow because it's protecting jobs, jobs that didn't need to exist so it started the radio union started because they started replacing orchestras you know they would have singers come in and bands come in and everything else so all of those musicians <laughs> lost their jobs soon as the record came in 
And so the union said, you can't play records. What are you talking about? Of course, we're going to play records. It's cheaper. It's better. It's consistent. No, it can't do that. Look at all the musicians that are going to be put out of work. Well, yeah, it's called progress. Okay, well, then if you're going to do that, we're going to organize. They organized and said musicians union members had to be the one that moved the the record. Okay, so former musicians were like, yeah, I used to play the horn. Now I'm just doing this. Unbelievable. Okay, the second story, we were in New York, and we were building a studio. And it took us how long to build the studio? We had 20,000, 16,000 square feet total, and about 8,000 of it was studio space. We built one, two three studios but the walls were already up okay it was already a radio station all we had to do was just um put some sheetrock up change the look of everything you know do some painting and wallpaper some lights drop the consoles into things that were already there uh and it took us about a year and it was the biggest pain in the butt ever and everything was waiting for the unions sorry can't touch that no, I just I was wondering if you could just I mean, could you just plug that in? Because we're ready to go. If you um, sorry, different union. I'll plug it in. Nope. No, nope, can't do that. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. And if it is plugged in, you're fined. OK, we came down to Texas, mm-hmm. a right to work state. We took an 80,000 square foot studio and we built the sets. We uh, hung the lights and we made it into a digital broadcast studio. It was a film studio. We built a digital broadcast center and we did the first draft in a week. In a week, we had nothing. And in a week, we had a studio. That's the difference between unions and a right to work state. Now, here's the really bad part. You don't get to choose anymore whether you like to join a union or not. All of this is based on that horrible, horrible uh, labor law in California for the um, the uh, what do you call it? The I can think only think of bit economy, but it's not. It's the uh, gig economy, gig economy, Mm -hmm. Uh, the gig economy. Remember, California took it apart. And they passed a law that said, no, 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 you can't. You have to have a 40-hour work week. You can't do a bid economy because it's, it's just too bad for people. It's just horrible. Well, no. In fact, it was so disliked by the public that California had a referendum and they voted against it. So they put it in and then the people rose up and said, no, n- n- you're not saying no to a gig economy. And the stats on a gig economy are astounding. And that's what they're going after. They're not only going after all the mom and pop businesses. They're not only going after our economy. They're not only trying to help the unions because they've had a 60-year decline because everybody knows how much they suck. I mean, I wouldn't... I mean, look, I'm not saying that the mob exists. 
if it, no, if no. it did, it, it would be great, but I'm sure it doesn't. That's that thing from the movies, right? The mom. Yeah, the mom. They, that's yeah. not a real. I'm sure that that's not If a, it did exist, we'd be for it. Uh, yes, we mm-hmm. would absolutely be yeah, for we, it. We'd yeah, we'd love it, and we think they are great guys doing a good job for Man, America. I love them. But, I love uh, them but they, they don't exist. They don't exist at all. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll tell you about the uh, stats and what this is really going to affect. It's going to reach in to you in just a minute. Literally 60 seconds. Our uh, our sponsor is Patriot Mobile. It used to be the case that, you know, when you went with one of the major mobile carriers, uh, you would go and you would get great service. And that was it because you didn't want to get stuck with some mom and pop cell company that worked as well as, you know, the tin cans with a string. It's not like that anymore. The, those smaller companies, they are on the same cell towers as the big carriers, which means their service is just as good. Their customer service is usually better, and they have customizable plans that can save you a buttload of money. I mean, a lot of money. Here's the clincher. Right now, if you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're not going to be donating money from your bill to leftist causes. A lot of the time, big mobile companies like Verizon are supporting things like Planned Parenthood. So if you have Verizon, you're paying for, you know, the promotion of abortions. You can avoid all that and get great service and great coverage with Patriot Mobile. This month, get free premier active uh, activation where they'll set up the phone for you. You can keep your phone or get a new one. Keep your number. A special gift with the offer code Beck is also included. Same service, lower price, and the values you believe in. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Or call 972-PATRIOT. 10 seconds, station ID. So we're going to talk to Mike Lee about this later, um, but this the PRO Act, if it passes in the Senate, will cost employers up to forty five billion dollars in uh, added labor costs. It will not only do that, uh, but it will uh, threaten the private ballot. As we said, you have to vote and raise your hand. I vote against the union. It imposes California's disastrous independent contractor test. It jeopardizes employers' right to free speech. It threatens the loss of a job should workers choose not to pay union dues. You have to do it. Now, here's the, here's the problem. Uh, 80% of the people who are working in the gig economy choose to work in the gig economy. They want to work that way. They want to be an independent contractor. of those who do work in the gig economy make $100,000 a year. Excuse me, what? 40%? That's, that can't be true. Seems completely impossible. Seems impossible. But you got to remember, you're talking about people sometimes with very high skills, plumbers, Sure. You know, mm-hmm. th- that's a gig. You're not you're not under. So I wonder, too, not necessarily making one hundred thousand dollars from the gig economy. Like, I know there's a lot of people who, you know, we take Ubers and things all the time. And 
a lot of people like work other jobs and just do this for a little extra cash or they may have a full-time job where they're making lots of like sales calls or whatever and they just kind of throw this in in between and you can make some i mean you could definitely make some solid money well i know 80 percent don't do it uh, because 80 uh, percent do it because they want to that's the way they wow. want to work 80 yeah. percent want to work but the gig what, economy what do they know about what they want i know you know if they we only understand. had a large government who could yeah. tell us what we are supposed to well, believe about our own lives good news <gasps> Stu. this one's coming from colorado uh, a bill titled Digital Communications Re- Regulation Ooh. is now seeking in Colorado the, uh, the creation of a digital communications division under the Department of Regulatory Agencies to regulate online content available in the state. And the division is going to be run by a new committee. And they're going to serve as the arbiters of truth. Under the legislation proposed now by Democratic State Senator Kerry Donovan, the new commission will be tasked with the authority to investigate, hold hearings on claims filed with the division that accuse particular platforms in, uh, of engaging in what the government declares unlawful conduct. Such conduct under the, proposed, uh, under the proposal ranges from promoting hate speech to disinformation, fake news and conspiracy theories or content the commission determines is meant to undermine election integrity what could possibly go wrong with this this is colorado uh colorado you better wake up you better wake up can you imagine a committee that is going to sit there and judge what the truth is? <laughs> I thought we already had a truth czar. Do we need a, a truth committee? Well, we do in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're busy skiing and stuff. So <laughs> I'm not sure what that going for you. <laughs> you know, the guy from Arizona uh, that, uh, you know, painted his face and had the horns and he was in the January 6th. This is the, uh, the shaman. QAnon shaman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. A weirdo. I think we'd all agree. <laughs> <laughs> he might even agree to that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, a weirdo. Okay. Um, but he's not being let out of jail now because the judge says that he's still beholden to President Trump. Is that a crime? I Well, apparently it is. Okay. He is, uh, even though he said he's come to terms with the, uh, with the election results, uh, the uh, judge said that to release him, is a risk to commit other crimes because he blatantly lied in his interview contending that police officers welcoming into the ca- into the uh, capital and he's still beholden to president trump oh okay wait what this is the glenn Beck program wouldn't that make you a political prisoner all right now let me take a minute um to ask you just to think about your favorite memories all the home movies that you have from way back when all those pictures all those videotapes on the weird formats i found a format because i'm doing a legacy box i found a format i don't even know what it is i really yeah i i'm looking some at some of these come and go over yeah, yeah and i'm like i don't even know what machine that was for <laughs> um but it anyway seems to be liquid <laughs> what did i use this for uh they're not going to last forever especially if they're on videotape and pictures fade
Well, Legacy Box is here with a simple mail-in service that will digitally preserve all of your memories on a thumb drive, a DVD, or the cloud. You have a ton of old memories. I have, I have a huge box of just tapes of me at, you know, 16 years old on the radio that I'm just, I don't know if I can, I can trust Legacy Box to not take those and embarrass me. So I think that's where they're going. Legacybox.com slash Beck. Get incredible 50% off your first order. Legacybox.com slash Beck. And tonight, back-to-back, Studios America and Glenn Beck on Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks. Over the past few days, I've come to better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed by Andy No. I've offended not only a lot of people that I don't know, but also the closest to me, including my bandmates. And for that, I'm truly sorry, says the banjo, mem- the banjo player of Mumford & Sons. Mm. As a result of my actions, I'm taking time away from the ba- I'm taking time away from the band to examine my blind spots. I do that his, all the time. His actions, and again, you, I think you said his actions, which was, he said something positive about the Andy No he book. He read the Andy No book, and then he said, this is worth a read. And oh uh, that hurt a lot of people. Hurt a lot of people. How would someone else reading a book hurt people? Well, because, work, because exactly? a lot of people are influenced by the banjo player in Mumford & Sons. Are they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the banjo player? Yeah. Are you kidding me? How, don't That's they have like what's his face? Banjo players? That's how I'm not. But picture. this is the this is the I might be the mm-hmm. main guy. It might it might be? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a guy most Americans love. Don't necessarily know his name nor follow him, mm-hmm. uh, or are going to the show because they're like that banjo is the best banjo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, the, uh, but they but they do follow him for his uh, tips on what books to read. Okay, so he. So and I, mm. I'd like to know who do you think knows more about Andy No and who he is and what he's done? The person who's criticizing this guy or the guy who actually read the whole book? Oh no! Um, most of the people who came after the banjo player uh, is uh, is they've never read the book. I can of guarantee you, ninety percent of them don't even know how to pronounce "nigo." <laughs> it's true. Uh, none they of them have no read the idea. Book. They have no idea who he is. This guy's done the work. He's actually read the book. He's realized, you know, yeah. what Andy No does, and he's truly and, sorry and, for that. And we've had Andy No on the show many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything at all of legitimate, like, of validity, of, of a valid criticism of him that he should be some this toxic character? I mean, everything I've seen of Andy No is he he's had brain damage because he's been attacked by Antifa members. Mm-hmm. He's he's uh shot. He he put the light on. How many crimes being committed? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He has been critical of a group that is defacing property and committing crimes all over the country. Mm-hmm. He's a gay son of immigrants. 
Asian immigrants. Right. Which right now, all the rage is to uh, make oh, yeah. sure that we say that violence against Asians is bad, except for Andy No, That violence seems to be okay. <laughs> it's totally you can beat fine. the crap out of Andy oh, No yeah. whenever you want. I thought he was Andy No. I, that's only where, <laughs> the only reason why I beat him to death in the alley is, I swear to you, I thought he was Andy Nago. <laughs> oh, case closed. You're free. You're, You're free, free to go, sir. So, like, but is there is there anything that he's ever done that is legitimately that there's a legitimate criticism of i, I mean you can Here's say what, you think he's uh outsizing the impact of antifa right like i've heard that criticism of him before but that's just an opinion you can say you know i i, I tend to think it's a pretty serious issue so does andy but some people don't think it's that serious ah it's just a portland thing ah it's just happened in, C- in seattle ah it's just happened in all of our 40 great biggest cities people just throw the <laughs> None of those things out, but there's, I mean, as I, sometimes these characters have an one-off comment where you're like, oh my gosh, like that, they shouldn't have said that, but their overall work is still okay. I is, I'm not aware of that even with Andy. No, is there anything this guy has done that is wrong? Not that I know. I know they accuse him of making stuff up. They do. Uh, well, they accuse everybody. Everybody of that. Uh, uh, well, of anyway, that. could I finish this, I'm sorry, please? Yeah, this sorry. heartfelt. <laughs> for now, please know that I realize how my endorsements have the potential to be viewed oh my as approval of hateful, divisive behavior. Well, uh, I mean, look, an endorsement is an imp- approval of uh, of the book. Yeah, but it could potential to be viewed as approval of hateful, divisive behavior. No. That's admitting then that Andy No is being divisive uh, and has hateful behavior, not Antifa, which is hard to square that circle. But I apologize. This was not at all my intention. No, his intention was I read a good book. I know nobody cares about my endorsement. (laughs) Nobody's ever asked me for an endorsement, but I read a good book. You should try it out. I mean, lesson one out of this, of course, is never tweet. Never give your opinion on anything. Stay the hell out of the way. No, I think the opposite uh, needs to happen because I want to know what your line is. But this is nothing. This is not like the Mumford and Sons guy is not you, right? Like you. I'm going to tweet. I am going to tweet today Mm -hmm. my endorsement of his endorsement for Andy No. (laughs) That you're going to make it worse. I'm going to make it worse. But like I, you know, we get paid to come in here and give our opinions on such things. And Mm -hmm. uh, obviously that's why I do it. But Mm -hmm. like if I was in Mumford and Sons, like... Why would I be giving book recommendations? Why would I bother? Why bother with the hassle? And I swear this is what this is, right? Oh, yeah. Stay out of it. This is not him saying Andy No is a hateful character. No. This is him saying, holy crap, I'm in a firestorm. My, my, you know, I don't know if you're a banjo player. My tens of thousands of dollars of job is on the line. There's not a lot of gigs for banjos these days. I can't lose this (laughs) one. It's like it's Mumford and Sons or I'm under a bridge. I'm going to be playing at an old-timey ice cream parlor (laughs) soon. I I could either be in Mumford and Sons or I'm in a Chuck E. Cheese band. (laughs) Those are the two options I have. And they've already automated those. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) So I get it. Like, I understand, especially like if you're not an ideologue right? right if you're if you're just a person who's like ah, this is a cool book and then all of a sudden it blows your life up i can understand why you'd react like this mm-hmm. but it's insane it is legitimately when insane. is somebody just gonna say it's insane that's what i would like him to do you're insane yeah get out get out of I'm my a face banjo player in mumford and you don't read the dumb books i recommend don't read them don't read them I, it's, it's completely insane. 
nuts. This is book burning. This is just shaming people if you say you like a book. Yeah, if you it, say you 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 uh, you think that people should read things, I mean that used to be the badge of honor and intellectual curiosity in America. Mm-hmm. You know, read things, read things you disagree with. I can't tell you how many books I have read that I disagree with. Yeah, and I read them intentionally. You have to know the other side. And you have to know what somebody, especially in really important things where it's going to change everybody's life. I want to hear what the argument is for and against. And I'll decide not in America anymore, especially especially if you are putting hateful jimmies on your ice cream like sprinkles jimmies. Yeah, you grew up in New England. Did you call them Jimmies? No, I called them Sprinkles. Sprinkles. Like a, like a real human being. <laughs> okay, so all all human beings call them They're Sprinkles. Sprinkles is what okay. they are. But, uh, is, it, is there something called Shots, too, that would be in the same... This is, I don't know. That don't sounds know. controversial as well. Um, uh, just Jimmies. Mm-hmm. Just Jimmies. It's the name of an ice cream, and it has been changed now to Just Sprinkles. Now, this is uh, Brigham's Ice Cream in New England. And New England uh, calls sprinkles jimmies, and they have forever. I've heard the term okay. definitely. Yeah, I have too. There. And I've, I've, you're up in New England. You're like, what? Those are sprinkles. No, they're jimmies. No, I'm not eating anything named jimmies. Mm-hmm. So uh, the history of the term jimmies not clear. Several companies have claimed to have invented it, but some people now say, now listen to this. It is a derogatory term related to Jim Crow, <laughs> the racist character caricature that came to stand for discriminatory laws and segregation put into place following the Civil War. Now, this is what New England calls sprinkles. New England got rid of slavery. If New England were a country, it would have been the first country in the world to abolish slavery. Black people were elected to office in the 1700s. Black people had a right to vote. Women had a right to vote. This is New England. Don't think of New England today. Think of New England as a place that gets it. They got it. And it would be a, according to this article, a derogatory term related to Jim Crow. So if you're calling them Jimmies and you're eating them, and they're all different colors, I would think that is making fun, and it's from New England, it's making fun of Jim Crow. And even this seems like a reach, right? It just seems like probably a guy named Jim. Snopes said that's unproven. So now this uh, parent company for uh, Brigham's is saying that they are going to uh, get rid of the word Jimmy, and not because anybody is pressuring them, They said that it was just to ensure that the brand reflects our values and meets our customers' expectations. I don't care what you call it. I don't care if you call your chocolate ice cream with big chunks in it dog crap. If it tastes like dog crap, I'm not going to eat it. I don't think it's the best marketing strategy for you. But you could call it that. And if it's really yummy... What are you doing? I'm having a big old bowl of dog crap. <laughs> In fact, I want to start an ice cream company that will do that just to show you that names mean nothing. 
And in this in this society, I think actually it's better than nothing. I think calling a bowl of ice cream dog crap just to make the point would sell like crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's been companies that have done things like that. They name their products really gross names so that, you know, mainly kids think it's funny and they... I'm eating a bowl of dog crap. <laughs> you can see, you can see it catching on. Yeah, I could, I could. Uh, now the word <laughs> "normal." Tell me which one of these is true, and I'll give you the answer after the break. The word "normal" is now being taken off of products because it's offensive. Or Disney pulls iconic movies Dumbo, The Aristocrats, and Peter Pan from their uh, from their place on disney plus because of racist stereotypes which one of those are true i'll give you the answer here in just a second do you know which one's true i know one of them is true i don't know the other one though one of them is true at least i will say that your money your identity your credibility could be lost of good news and bad news. Bad news is there's a whole army of cyber criminals out there who make it their mission every day to try to take those things from you by any means necessary. They're good at it. This time of year, they're into tax scams. Ah, oh, it's so great. I love that. The government first steals a ton of my money, and then cyber criminals work to steal that, you know, that little bit that they're giving back. Oh, that's great. Here's the good news. LifeLock is here, and they'll help you protect yourself against the stuff from the cyber menace. Now, important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting your life. Each and every one of us put all of our junk out on the Internet. And if if somebody is trying to hack into us and take our our identity, they can do it fast. They can do it in an unbelievable scale. And you're going to be stuck thinking, how do I get my credibility back? How do I get my credit back? lifelock.com right now they will stand and protect you they can't prevent all identity theft or monitor everything but they they catch the things that you're going to miss i think on your own or if you're only monitoring your credit save up to 25 percent at your first year now at lifelock.com if you use the promo code back 1-800-LIFELOCK 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to lifelock.com use the promo code back for 25 percent off the Glenn Beck Program. Yellow Americans. It's uh, Wednesday. We've got a great show for you tonight. If you want to take on the cancel culture, you want to do something that actually matters tonight. We're going to lay out some things that you can actually do. And ways that you can save your family and save your uh, your country tonight. You don't want to miss it at nine o'clock only on Blaze TV, Blaze TV dot com. Make sure you uh, you watch tonight. OK, so which one of these stories is true? Disney pulls the iconic movies or uh, the word normal is removed from products. I believe the true um, one is normal being removed from products. I believe it's Unilever. You, yeah, hand cream and yep. yeah, like normal yeah. skin, dry hair, normal hair. They're taking yes. normal off. So of they're the taking normal off of all of their products in pack packaging. Um, they say that's that's not going to fix the problem alone, but it is an important step forward. Now I don't know what problem we're trying to fix here. 
that some things are normal. Some things are average. Something. What? What are we trying to fix? We're here? just trying to get rid of the concept of uh, normality. Normal? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to. They they say the problem. Now think about this. This is Dove. So where do they have normal anywhere? I mean, how are you? This is for normal people. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, of course no. not. So where are they doing? It's on the tiny print that says for normal. To dry skin conditions. Okay. Okay. So they're going to replace it um, on their shampoo from normal to dry hair. They're now going to say for dry and damaged hair. Well, then do I get that if I have not dry and damaged hair? Wait, so people would rather be called damaged than normal? Well, just the hair. Just <laughs> right, the hair. I, it's I, not no. Well, then if it's then, why are you changing it if it's just the hair? So well, normal because it's normal. You're normal, okay. or if you have damaged hair. So you can be insane and have damaged hair, and you could still use that soap. <laughs> That's good to hear. But like, if what if you just have hair that isn't dry or damaged? Which, right. What do you do? I don't know because they won't say what's normal. Let me guess. Use another brand. That's probably what the answer yeah, is. Yeah, I think stay, <laughs> st- uh, you know, stay away from Unilever. So we, now again, this was not due to a cancel culture thing. They just did it on their own because they did a uh, they did a focus group in nine different countries, and they I'm, I'm guessing they you know added phrases like. Does normal, do you think the word normal could hurt people's feelings? Do, do you think, because I can't imagine anybody seeing a, a line for normal to damage tear and going, oh my gosh, that oh hurts. my gosh, that hurts, that hurts. And everybody in the room, you know, spontaneously going, I was thinking the same thing. Right. That would take a focus group leader looking, mm-hmm. you know, how does the word normal feel to you? I don't know. Normal? <laughs> you didn't make the uh, the focus group. No, nope. you were kicked out of the focus group and before it began. By the way, Disney has not pulled these films yet, but they have pulled them from the kids section. Oh, program. Let's talk about American Financing, our sponsor for the uh, Blaze this half hour or this hour. They're making it possible for Blaze viewers and uh, and Stu. Talk to me a little bit about your experience. They're making it possible for me to not have to pay too much for my mortgage, which is something I very much appreciate. American Financing, uh, I started working with them. It was after you had started. I didn't even know that they existed. And I started talking to them when I needed to work on a mortgage. And I wanted to kind of come up with very, some would say loan sharky uh scheme I, some I people would, some yeah, people said say that, that that's what you were you know? looking for uh and i kept i went to them and i said okay can you do this and they said that's not a sane thing to do <laughs> um, but they gave me what you know they went through the whole thing and they said uh I, I told them what my other offers were and they said you know what i think honestly if you, for what you're looking for that one might be the best one this other company we was, prefer not to go to jail right but <laughs> yeah. uh, you know if you want to do that so i did take that other uh loan uh mm. went back to them for another real estate transaction and and this one was a different situation they had the best uh, offer by far and uh got a loan through american financing the, the point is that they're not they're not high pressure they just do a really good job explaining everything to you it's 800-906-2440 or americanfinancing.net
America. Welcome to the program. We want to talk to you about schools. Everybody is saying, oh, we got to get our schools back open. We got to get our kids in schools. It's crazy. It's like saying, we got to, I'm Uyghur. We got to get those concentration camps open up again because they were great. You know, why is my, why are my kids going into the concentration camp? Are they not Uyghurs too? What are we doing? What are, what kind of curriculum is coming your way for your kids and you're paying for it? Will you stand up to stop it? All this and more in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Slowly but surely, at least in some states, it's starting to be okay again to, uh, you know, go out to businesses. It's coming at the perfect time. Weather warming up, you still feel a little more like getting out anyway. And uh, you'd like to go to places more than Home Depot and Sherwin-Williams. Remember, it was a year ago that we were all going. It was okay to go into Home Depot. They were crowded. I mean, what what? I don't all the fumes kill the coronavirus. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I remember thinking at the time, I think Sherwin-Williams, all of the landscaping companies, all of the home improvement stores, they're all in on this. This is that's who created coronavirus. Well, you can go out now, at least in Texas. Today is the day and more coming this week. If you've never looked at a hustler mower and you're thinking about getting a new lawnmower, Uh, you really need to go out and find a hustler dealer. These are the people that invented the zero-turn mowers. Take it out for a test spin. Try the other ones, too. You might actually find that the prospect of mowing your yard just got a little more interesting. They are fast, incredibly maneuverable, and they're going to cut the time that you spend mowing your yard in about half. Again, they invented the zero turn. They've been, they've been building these things forever. They started in like 1960. So I think they're the ones who developed it. They're the ones who have been keeping all of our medians of our highways and our football stadiums. Those are the Hustler turf mowers. Now they're available for you. Go out and test drive one. Check out HustlerTurf.com. Find a dealer near you. HustlerTurf.com. The Federalist reported last week that Naperville 203 Community School District, the staff and faculty attended a countywide Equity Institute training on February 26th. A whistleblower sent quotes from the Keystone speaker, Dina Simmons, and nine other anti-racist coaches to the Federalist, and they published it as well as evidence such as PowerPoints from the uh, training insisting that America is institutionally racist. Other teachers also provided statements. One PowerPoint slide in the Valbrum Consulting Group presentation said the term make America great again is covert racism comparable to the N-word, hate crimes, lynching, and the Klan. Now, that might be a little hyperbole, (laughs) but according to uh, the slide, if you're part of half of the country that voted for uh, President Donald Trump, you're a racist and a white supremacist. So some people have spoken out about this, and I'm going to give you the story a little later. They spoke out about it. Teachers started speaking out, it, and they are being hammered. And this school district is doubling down on this. Now, this goes along with another story 
if you liked Common Core, you're going to love the anti-American civics project because the left has decided, you know what? We're not teaching civics. And I think everybody agrees with that. We're not teaching history. We're not teaching civics. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. Well, this one is bipartisan and it's a state led coalition and uh, they've got a vision for us. It's a roadmap. 300 leading scholars, bipartisan, got together for 17 months and put together a roadmap of what to teach. And it's great. Now, like I said, it is bipartisan. Um, it, it's it's bipartisan. Well, they're out of the 300. There are maybe 10 Republicans. And of course, no Republican would ever, Mitt Romney, ever, you know, engage in something, Mitt Romney, that isn't, you know, true blue, red, white and blue founding fathers, you know, strict constitutionalist kind of thinking, Mitt Romney. Now, this is this happened right after uh, the 1776 project that Donald Trump unveiled. Uh, was called racist and pulled immediately. I think on one of the first days that uh, Joe Biden was in office. Well, one of the guys who was instrumental of this, he was the chairman of the 1776 commission. He's also the president of Hillsdale College, the only college that I for sure will say yes to if my kids decide to go to college. Uh, Dr. Larry uh, Arn, how are you, sir? I'm very well, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, first of all, uh, when Biden came out and said that your 1776 report, I read it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and they said that it was racist. There were no historians involved in, the, in this. Can, can you tell me about the historians, first of all? No historians in this, huh? Well, Victor Davis Hanson, one of the greatest historians in the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Kessler, who's a political scientist and a student of the American founding for 40 years now. And, you know, I know a little bit about it. Uh, <laughs> so was, really? Yeah, you know, huh. it, uh, it was, uh, he, the, the commission was, what, is 17 people. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, there are some serious people on there. Uh, John Gibbs, who's been a uh, worked in the government in various administrations and civil rights. Peter Kersenow is another one, and uh, they, you know, and we, we, uh, we had about five weeks. I, I actually thought, call me naive, that uh, Biden might, you know, expand the commission, work with the commission, mm. and uh, I think it was by three o'clock in the afternoon uh, after he was inaug- inaugurated in the late morning. Uh, the whole thing was wiped off the White House website and was con- condemned and one- abolished in one of his first 17 executive orders as racist. How? And how is it? Explain to me how they justify that. Uh, well, it's what you were talking about earlier about what's going on in the schools. Uh, you're a racist unless you admit that the country was founded as a racist country but and it, is structured as one. It wasn't. I mean, all history will point to you can look at Jamestown and say that that was part of slavery. But if you look at the pilgrims, the first slave ship that arrived, they freed all the slaves. That's right. 
Yeah, and they, and you know, I mean, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was a slaveholder, and he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Thomas Jefferson wrote about slavery that I, I tremble for my country when I think that God is just. And, and Thomas Jefferson was the chief instrument in, in assuring that the Northwest Territory, where I live in Michigan and other states, uh, would never have slavery in it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and so the first time a free government in all of history grew, it grew without colonies. They were territories, soon to be states, and it grew with a ban on slavery forever in it. And so that's an achievement. There's hardly anything like that, precedent to that in history. And so, and, and, it, and the key point, the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence are uniform. I mean, the records are rich, right, in saying that slavery is condemned by the principle of equality in the Declaration of Independence. If you read the first draft of the Declaration of Independence, there's a paragraph written by Jefferson in his own hand where he capitalizes the word men, where he says the king has has violated every sacred right um, given by God by capturing uh, and transporting uh, slaves and then having an open auction where he sells these, quote, capital letters, men, on the open market. That's pretty clear. Very. And, and see, that's a, that's a really great point, because, uh, of course, America is not now and was not then a perfect country. And that beautiful passage that Jefferson wrote was not in the final document. Right. And the reason was some of the delegates of the Constitutional Convention were uncomfortable with it because they thought it would live, lead to a slave revolt. So that means, yeah, they didn't know exactly how they were going to live together, black and white, all alike. And, that, that, and by the way, that had never happened before. Right. And so, so you know, you have to... Uh, another thing about this trend in history is it collapses all the moral distinctions, right? So the woke kids on college campuses will stand and chant at somebody who says something they don't like, you are killing me. Right, so you're being called a murderer for something you said, and and th- this is the same thing. If it wasn't perfect in the past, and see, it, it wasn't perfect. It was just the best, because this question of how are we going to live together, black and white alike, how are we going to do that? That is the question that is put by the Declaration of Independence, and and so that document. There is no ground upon which to condemn slavery or discrimination or injustice that is not stated most beautifully in the American Declaration of Independence. The 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 not the northern states, but the New England states uh, or colonies at the time, if they would have been a country, they would have been the first in the world to abolish slavery. But then states like New York, they were pretty, you know, uh, engaged in in slavery um, what is it that they didn't understand when they say they were afraid of the slave revolt? Why wasn't New England afraid of that? Because they never had slaves being a major part of their society and black people could vote and were in office and one no, held well, a judgeship? They, they had slavery. All the states had slavery. By the time the founding generation had uh, retired, they had abolished slavery in 60% of the Union. Now, the places where they didn't abolish it, 
which are mostly in the states that eventually became the Confederacy. Uh, those states had many more because they had a labor system that depended on them. And that's the place. It's, it's not just that there were many more slaves. Uh, it's the place where John C. Calhoun, you, by the way, you, the first time I ever met you, you, were ta- we, you and I talked about this point. Uh, John C. Calhoun was the apostle of the positive good school of slavery, and he studied with, with people, the students connected to Friedrich Hegel. And Friedrich Hegel and German historicism, which is the, the, the father both of Nazism and of communism and of American progressivism, uh, yep. is the idea that we evolve. And so we're not, we don't have a nature. You know, the old understanding is if it's born and it starts talking, it means it's a human. And it doesn't make any difference what it looks like, because only humans do that, see. And, and that's nature. That's the, the essence and identity of a thing. History is everything evolves over time, and one thing shades into another. And it's an easy step from there uh, to say either the left-wing or the right-wing thing. The left-wing thing is, good, then these explorers of ours, we've evolved to the place where we can destroy them. Or the right-wing thing. The people who are our inferiors have evolved to be our inferiors, and, and they must be our slaves. It would be, Calhoun says, an abomination to live with them as equals. Now, that doctrine is not present in the American Revolution. It grows up later, uh, about a generation and a half later, in ideas that came from modern historicism, which are the most virulent ideas stalking the world to this very day. And and that means that if you condemn the founders, you're condemning the people who were the foremost enemies of that kind of thinking, and you're mistaking. Because, see, you know, Hillsdale College turns out to be an abolitionist college, and we, you know, Frederick Douglass spoke here twice. We have statues of him and Lincoln and things like that. If I had John Calhoun, I certainly wouldn't like the thing, right? Because that was not a good guy. But, uh, but... Uh, would I tear it down? Well, that's a judgment. I don't know what I'd do about it. But, uh, cause, because why? That's another point about this report. The last thing in the world that should be controversial is history. Mm-hmm. Be- because history has happened, right? Uh, Aristotle says, this alone is denied even to God to make what has been not to have been. Right? In other words... If you want to know, you know, I studied with Martin Gilbert, the official biographer of Winston Churchill, and he's, he's, he's probably the greatest historian in the 20th century. And he used to say, in the writing of 19th and 20th century history, there is no room for the word perhaps. That's to say, yeah. look it up, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the literature about this uh, you know, the established historians, the, the, the premier of them is Gordon Wood, and he's a student of Bernard Balin, who was at Harvard, and he was the premier American history historian. And Gordon Wood writes, in response to that crazy 1619 project of the New York Times, he writes, no colonist, think what a statement that is, no colonist ever said that the purpose of the colony was to uh, perpetuate slavery. And that and that, that means that, that you, you can't. It's such a misunderstanding, you know. If uh, the world that they were rebelling against, the American colonists, was a world of 
aristocracy. Mm-hmm. The British aristocracy was the mildest and the best aristocracy, but it was still an aristocracy. And that meant they were born to privilege and rule. And that is specifically forbidden in the Constitution of the United States. Hang on just a second. We're uh, we're talking to uh, Dr. Larry Arn. He is the um, the former chairman of the 1776 Commission and the president of Hillsdale College. If you don't have online classes from his Hillsdale, you should just look it up online. I I give my monthly uh, fee and and learn from the brilliant minds at Hillsdale College all the time. Uh, you should do that. Hillsdale College dot or it's actually just Hillsdale dot edu. Back in one minute. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about my Patriot supply. They have cornered the market on the most amazing survival and preparedness food out there. I had to know I've eaten their food and I've eaten their food, quite honestly, because my wife went away for a couple of days and I didn't want to go to the store and there was nothing in the house. And I was like. Hmm, wait a minute. Yeah, the wife goes away. You just give up on life after about 48 hours. You really do. Mm -hmm. You really do. If you're in the middle of a difficult situation where you need an extra amount of food to get you and your family by, natural disasters are not in short supply. Standing in line for hours just to get some food is not the way to go. Panicking is not the way to go. My Patriot Supply is... Right now, you can secure a four-week, three-month, or even a year's worth of emergency food, all providing 200 calories, or sorry, 2,000 calories a day. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, get their food storage you need before the emergency. It'll ship in one to two days and arrive discreetly at your door. Don't wait. Prepare now. MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. 10 seconds, station ID. We're doing a special tonight uh, at 9 p.m. about history and what you need to know and the ways you can stand up against this distortion of history. Um, Doctor, how how much trouble are our children in, especially with this new uh, Biden, uh, you know, civics class that is coming in? Well, the. uh in the, the modern form of tyranny is totalitarianism. Uh, that word was invented in the 1930s and in, in response to the creation of the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany. And totalitarianism, that means they control everything. And the most important thing to control is the children. And, uh, you know, right, the, the, they are going to take over the education. They have extensively taken over the education of our children and they tell them things that are soul-destroying, right? First of all, they deprive the past of all authority. And then something has to replace that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the doctrines that dominate. You read some of them at the beginning of this hour. And, and, uh, and the kids, and see, they're just kids, right? And so if you, they, they don't get the habit of reading a thing for themselves to find out what it means. See, and that's, you know, at Hillsdale College, it's a very difficult college. It's mm-hmm. great if I do say so myself. Yeah. We teach history through original source documents, right? And that means, you know, you, you read Abraham Lincoln and you read John Calhoun. And those are two enemies, right? They're not quite contemporaries. But, uh, uh, and, you know, Stephen Douglas and Frederick Douglas... 
and and that means there's a huge argument in America, and you read both sides of it. And we are now approaching, though, uh, a society where you're not allowed to even utter a question. You're not allowed to question authority. You're not allowed to read the other side. If it's deemed politically incorrect, you're in trouble for it. You'll be canceled. And, and it's not an argument. You know, I mean, the, the New York Times, on the basis of uh, a, a, had a headline on, uh, about our 1776 commission report, which, as you thank you for saying, is a beautiful document. 30 seconds. Uh, it, it, they said, commission defends founding of America on the basis of slavery. And, of course, what the report says is that it was not founded on that basis. Uh, I can't thank you enough for all of the work that you've done. I'd love to have you on again, uh, Dr. Larry Arn from Hillsdale.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. AMAC. AMAC. I don't know about you, but I consider myself a mature fellow. Yes, yes. And uh, as such, I'd rather enjoy the prospect of being part of a mature group that not only provides me with comprehensive lifts of benefits, you know, uh, because I do watch my pennies, but uh, it also stands up and fights for me in Washington. I mean, uh, Buffy and I, we can't fight. We're busy at the club and things and whatnot. What about you? Are you mature like me? And if so, have you chosen which group you want to be a part of? May I recommend AMAC? It's the Association of Mature American Citizens. See, mature is right there in the title. It's, that's why I know it's for people who are mature. AMAC stands for solvency in a time of runaway debt, national security and sovereignty over unchecked borders. They believe in the sanctity of life. In Washington, AMAC has been pushing back for years against the radical left socialist agenda. They were started during the Obama years. They get it. They'll stand with you. You stand with them. There is power in numbers. Go to amac.us slash Beck, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Tonight, brand new, Sudo's America and Glenn TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Tonight at 9 o'clock, only on Blaze TV. We are going to talk to you a little bit about history. History is under attack, and we're going into civic action history where the names and the places and everything that doesn't mean anything it's all about action and kids love to take action civics action is coming to your school if it's not already there and that is how to protest how to march in the streets our kids are being indoctrinated and they're not learning history the new ap u.s history standards do not include hitler or the Holocaust and paint America as the bad guys in World War II because they only pick it up at the dropping of the atomic bomb. We set that correct for your kids today and we show you how powerful that bomb was. We've got a couple of items that were actually in the blast of Hiroshima uh, new to the vault and it is it's amazing you don't want to miss tonight because we're going to show you what you can do and speaking of that uh, there was a great article out yesterday that i read and i thought it was really really well done by somebody who knows her name is uh, uh helen raleigh and 
she she uh, was born in China and lived in China for a while. And what she talked about how to fight this, what this cultural revolution, she's lived through one before. And I wanted to get her on. Hi, Helen. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Glenn? I'm very good. So can you just tell the story about what you wrote yesterday in The Federalist? Sure. So this is this is the one about uh, canceling Dr. Seuss, right? Yes, yes. And it's... It's really heartbroken for me to read that uh, Dr. Seuss was canceled on his birthday. Um, I shared my experience of growing up in China. I never had the quality, uh, great children's literature. I shared the story I read as a, as a child. The, the ch- uh, children's literature was available was about uh, condemning uh, a beaten uh, landlord, landowner to death. And it was and the, 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 the rooster crows at midnight. Can you tell that story a bit? Sure. Okay. So the rooster stroke crow at night was a children's original for children. Actually, it was about this evil landowner that uh, he was very cruel to everybody, the laborers who worked for him, and uh, the communist. Thanks to the communist party who liberated all the poor people, they took a land and the livestock away from him and distributed it to all the poor people. So all the poor people were happy. And then one night in the midnight. He tried to steal a chicken from the poor people um, because he didn't have any. Uh, the story did not say that. And then uh, the children caught him, and the children who caught him, and there was a picture in the storybook. It's a black and white picture show the children who have all pointed this shiny spear at him, and he was just nailed down on the ground, head dropped, hands tied at his back. It looks like really, you know, uh, completely defeated. And... The author who were interviewed after the story became really popular, uh, the author was interviewed, he mentioned this was a real life story, and the landowner who was caught after struggle session, he was uh, beaten to death. That's the story I read when I was a, a, a child That's a in China. warm uh, story. And you, when you came to America, you knew about Dr. Seuss, but it wasn't until you... Um, until you had a child and you started reading that you read Dr. Seuss for the first time. And what was that experience like? It was very refreshing because I found um, that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fill out a missing chapter in my own childhood. And then I, I was making it up, you know, during my adulthood because there, there was no reason for me to even thought about reading it until, you know, I was about to become a mother. And I just love the colorful pictures. I love the simple words, but the rhymes. And I love the joy. And I just, those, even though, it, though those Dr. Seuss book written in simple words, but they have a deep meaning if you really think about it. Oh, yeah. You know, like the saying about if you keep your eyes shut, you will see nothing. You know, that's the perfect mm-hmm. today's cancel culture. If you keep your mind shut, if you keep your eyes shut, you will see nothing. You will learn nothing. And I wish more of us will read his book instead of banning his book. Well, so what do you say about because um, people say this is not the cancel culture, um, but it is when eBay refuses to sell um, a used copy of the book, I think. Um, but what mm-hmm. do you say that it was the, the family that that said, I don't we don't want to print these books anymore. They own the copyright. So is it cancel culture or is it just what, what is it exactly? Because there are really 
uh, negative stereotypes of Chinese people in, I can't believe I saw it on Mulberry Street. Right, but uh, let's just unpack this a little bit. First of all, it was not Chinese American immigrants who raised any questions about that. You know, we cannot use today's uh, moral standard to judge things that happened, you know, take place with their historical context. If we do that, there's nobody's perfect. We're going to cancel all the valuable of things ever, ever been created because there's nothing going to be perfect enough. And I think that's why this cancel culture is really, it's a culture, it's a left, left it's a culture revolution. And it's not going to stop by banning a few books or tear down a few statues. It, it, it's, a, it's a movement to really cancel the Western civilization. The, the banning of few books, pulling down these few statues is just, just the beginning. That's why I mentioned in my piece, I see the parallel between what's happening in America, really in the Western civilization today, is really parallel to what's happening in China during the Cultural Revolution. It's about a total destruction of the old world. So the uh, book map can create a ideologically purified new world. That's why I find this whole banning books and also eBay preventing you from even trading about it, trading a book voluntarily, that is really problematic. You know, uh, the, the Dr. Seuss Enterprise, they only stopped publishing those books because the Volcomop complained about those books. It was not, the complaint did not, was not filed because Asian people complained. It was filed because the Volcomop decided that um, they are going to cancel Dr. Seuss' book and they're going to start with the most problematic ones and is it going to go down from there? They're never going to stop until they cancel everything. You, uh, you've lived through it. You saw the cultural revolution with, with Mao. And people say that that's crazy, that it would never happen here. But I contend that, you know, it starts with suggestions. Then it moves to shoving people, shouting and shoving. And when you've shouted and shoved everybody that you can, the only thing left is to shoot is that crazy to think that that kind of thing, that this is just going to continue until you, I mean, what are you going to do with the rest of the people that refuse to go along? How, how does this end if we don't wake up? Well, if we don't wake up, it's going to end just like the Cultural Revolution. It's going to be a total destruction of the Western civilization. And you're absolutely right. The, tra- <clears throat> the trajectory is the Volcomab first going to pick something that's we all agree that's problematic, right? Like the Confederate uh, statues, like the Dr. Seuss book with the racial stereotype drawing. So they're gonna pick something that's problematic to begin with. Then most of us will say, yeah, those, you know, we can accept those things maybe not correct. But again, they will not stop there because if you listen to their speeches, if you look at their writings, they are deeply hostile to the entire Western civilization because they believe this civilization is inherently irredeemably racist and oppressive. So, the, so they're going to start with statues, they're going to start with a few books, but they won't stop until this whole civilization is being destroyed. And, and if, there, uh, if there are people who don't willing to go along, that's what, what happened in Cultural Revolution is eventually you're going to have to use blood to purify the, ideo- you know, to purify the ideology. So that, that may happen if we continue down this road. And people already losing jobs left and right, losing their la- livelihood today in America because they said something or wrote something that 
you know, the woke mob they do not like, and they will condemn them, uh, drive them out of the marketplace. That's happening here right now. Before I change subjects on you, I just want to point out that um, she she speak. It's not only the that they're going to wipe out the culture; they wipe out your even your personal history. Helen, as she was reading about this evil landowner uh, and and how he was surrounded by kids and he and all landowners are evil. It wasn't until later in life that she learned that her great grandfather was a landowner and that book was preaching against him as well. She didn't know that. Um, Let me just hit one more thing with you before you go. Next hour, we're going to talk about this this uh, uh, trend they're saying of white supremacists that are beating up Asians. And it does not ring true to me. We can't find anything uh, that seems legitimate on this. Do you have any insight on is this happening where, you know, uh, Donald Trump fans are are beating up Asians? Well, so there's a definite rise of hate crimes against Asians um, since last year. So it's complicated. Um, last year, uh, most some of the complaints, I should say, related to the coronavirus, the pandemic, the fear. Um, but but this year, uh, particularly in some of the most progressive cities in the United States, like San Francisco and New mm-hmm. York City, um, there are several very vicious, vicious attacks against Asian, uh, especially Asian seniors, unprovoked attack against Asian it's seniors. Crazy. And those, uh, yeah, and those perpetrators, they were not white. Uh, they were non-Asian, you know, minorities. Let me just put it that way. They were not white. But the activists now and, and the mainstream media try to portray this very vicious attack happened recently. Somehow was driven by the white nationalism. Um, there's, there's just a disconnect there. And I think I wrote another piece for the Newsweek on this, uh, you know, related to this subject. Um, because when you are not willing to identify the true root cause of a hate crime, you're going to cause the government to misallocate resources and not, not, not able to protect the Asian communities, you know, effectively and efficiently. So I wish more people would speak up. The Asian, the Asian community have, have uh, spoken up against the critical race theory, and I wish more people will have yeah. the courage to speak up identify the root cause of this the asian community has made a huge difference on critical race uh on the west coast and uh helen thank you for everything that you do and thank you for your courage for standing up i i know it's not easy uh, but thank you for your example appreciate it thank you for having me that's uh helen raleigh she is the senior contributor for the federalist and the author of backlash you can follow her at helen well let me tell you a little bit about rough greens you've been talking uh, you've been hearing me talk about rough greens for a year now and it's a supplement that you sprinkle on your dog's food it contains all kinds of vitamins and minerals and probiotics antioxidants 
Stu's dog wouldn't go outside. Uh, I mean, wouldn't really w- run around or do anything. And I saw a video of your dog, Miles, a thousand years old, <laughs> mm-hmm. running around outside and uh, walking right onto the ice uh, in the pool. And <laughs> you jumped in that freezing water and saved him. That's how I remember it. It's a, what a there might have been some details that you're exaggerating a little bit. But uh, wait, wait, wait. He fell into the water, didn't he? And he, weren't you looking for him under the water? No. Yes. Uh, really? Then I saw some. I saw a video of somebody. No, it was you. <laughs> Tell me I, what happened. I He walked onto the ice. He didn't fall through. He almost fell through. And I went out and scooted him back. But uh, he would have definitely been dead if he fell through. Uh, he wow. walked right by the open area. I saw another he, he video. Has, he and, can't see. And so yeah. he didn't realize there's snow on top of the ice. Did not realize he was walking across the pool. Luckily, I did see him and, and shift, uh, scoot him back. But you're, he does move around and he does run around a lot more than he used so to. So maybe you should stop feeding him rough green so he'd die already. So you don't <laughs> no. have to run out in your socks. Don't, don't, I know don't, it's don't horrible, it. isn't it? Don't do it. It's horrible. I can't think about it. He's 150 a, years old right I know. now. He was born. He was at the actual signing of the Declaration of Independence. Is this the... I know. He, he does he, look like that. Yeah. Is this the first dog that you've you've had grow old on you like no, this? Well, no. We had Phoebe, uh, oh, our right. other pug who uh who grew to 17 before it she is. she wow. died they, both of them i'm are. lucky to get to 12 with my dogs <laughs> we've had good luck with I'm, the dogs but it's it does German not make shepherds. it any easier man i'll yeah. tell you rough greens if you love your dog as much as we love ours uh get them rough greens i mean they they will love it and you will see a difference and dr dennis black the inventor of rough greens understands that not everybody's dog is going to like this so he's decided to help you find out if your dog likes the product before you commit to purchasing i don't know anybody's dog who hasn't loved this stuff but uh, your dog is probably going to love it. But you can get a free bag of Rough Greens now just for your dog to try out. All you do is pay for the shipping. So call them or go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. 833-GLEN-33, 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. You can call them today. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mike Lee is going to be joining us in just a few minutes uh, from the Senate. He is uh, going to talk to us a little bit about the For the People Act. It's now heading over to uh, the um, Senate. And shortly thereafter, the PRO Act, which is the Labor Union Act, which is, is devastating, just devastating to freedom. Also, we're at thirty trillion dollars now as our uh, our debt. Thirty trillion dollars. How and does, how do we maintain this? I I keep coming to this conclusion of like there's some number right where we hit it and it's irreversible and we're really screwed. And we're certainly they say a hundred approaching it right. I, they're saying a hundred and twenty percent is uh, of, of GDP of GDP is the no return point of no return and we're not there yet gdp is 21.4 trillion so if we're at 30 trillion well then we are (laughs) oops oops Uh, sorry you're screwed america yeah sorry sorry. uh so uh but maybe you know the the idea is this is a temporary 
thing. Surely, <laughs> surely they're going to stop all this crazy spending. And any, why are you laughing? I don't, I don't know. I just think you're funny. Oh, okay, you're uh, just cute. I remember when I was young and naive. <laughs> Economy. Uber, Uber Eats, you know, DoorDash, anything delivered to your home could be a thing of the past. We're going to have to reinvent that reinvention. Government's getting involved, and so are the labor unions. 57 million Americans now work as freelancers in some capacity, but President Biden just endorsed a radical labor law that endangers the livelihood of of Uber and everybody else that works in the gig economy. Uh, But it doesn't go far enough just to do that. It also curbs your freedom of speech. It makes you pay for unions. It takes away your vote. If you want to vote in private and nobody knows how you voted. No, no, no. Now you have to stand in front of the bullies and say, no, I'm I'm not for the union, and uh, I don't really want a horse head in my bed, please. That's all coming. Plus, we're now at $30 trillion in debt, and that number just keeps going. Oh, oh, and we're changing the way America votes. This is fantastic. Mike Lee telling us what we need to know and what he needs as backup from the American people in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Ah, Omaha Steaks. Mm, 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 mm. You know that phenomenon when you happen to go to the refrigerator to see what you have? And then you go back just a few minutes later as if the contents changed somehow or another? It's weird. We all do it. Planning for meals is a hard thing to do, and most of us you know, don't do it consistently. Sometimes we decide what we're having for dinner five minutes before it's time to cook dinner. But if you could open up the refrigerator or the freezer every time and you had the makings of a good meal at your fingertips, I mean, that's good news. We keep opening up like, what can we eat? What can we eat? Well, Omaha Steaks is shipping now. Don't get stuck without great food in the house. They have an unbelievable assortment of steak and chicken, fish. They have the side dishes, the potatoes, the desserts, everything. You want a great deal? Try their Butcher's Best Seller package, full of burgers, pork chops, sausages, desserts, and so much more. You're going to get the best meat. You're going to get the very best from their butcher's block and from Omaha Steaks. Go ahead. A.B., compare them to your supermarket. It is it's there's no comparison. You need this in your freezer instead of going to the local butcher or instead of going to the supermarket to get your meat. Get it from Omaha Steaks. Type in Beck in the search bar for this special offer and order the Butcher's Best Seller Pack today. You'll save over 50%. Plus, you'll get four free chicken breasts and four free burgers. That's omahasteaks.com. Use the keyword Beck and save 50%. All right, let's, uh, let's go to our good senator, Senator Mike Lee 
who's got to be tired by now, honestly. Senator, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Glenn. Good to be with you. But, you know, well, nothing is more invigorating for a tired man than going on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's got to be a highlight of your day, Mike. So, Mike, uh, I want to we have to talk about uh, several things. First of all, the For the People Act. Is that thing going to pass in the Senate? No. And, and if they try to do it, it'll be over my dead body that it passes. <laughs> but don't say that. It might Look, be. This thing not only renders major parts of the Constitution superfluous, it renders the people superfluous. It, it consolidates government in Washington. It makes it impossible for states to require a voter ID. It makes it impossible uh, for states to prohibit someone from showing up on the same day and registering to vote on the same day that they vote. And it uh, requires at least 15 days of, um, of early voting. It makes the verification process almost impossible to comply with. And, and if, there's, if there's one part of it that caught my attention, there's even a part of it that can be read to suggest that they're going to start allowing 17-year-olds mm-hmm. to vote, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which, you know, I would have loved because in the fall of 1988, um, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush was on the ballot. I was the president of the Teenage Republican Club <laughs> at High School in Provo, you know, like all the cool kids. Yeah, you were and cool really, from the beginning. I, I actually wrestled with the idea of wishing I had a fake ID just so I could vote, but I, I knew that wouldn't be right, so <laughs> right. I didn't do it. Yeah, well, there's a, yeah, the crime, the Mike Lee crime spree finally comes out. So, Mike. Hey, but I want to be clear. I didn't yeah. do it. I just, I just thought right. about it. I know, I know, I know. So, Mike, uh, it's not going to pass. Any form of it. Well, uh, look, they're going to try. If, if, if not for the filibuster, they would pass this, and they would probably pass it tomorrow. They're still going to try to pass it. I'm not sure when they're going to try to bring it to the Senate floor, uh, but I'm confident that they're going to try to get around the filibuster. So uh, do you have, any conf- uh, he, you have any confidence anymore in Manchin? Now he's starting to like, well, I mean, you know, there's some nuance there. Yeah, I worry a little bit about the fact that he is now targeted for immense pressure to be brought down on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and that he's in a position now of wanting to accommodate Democratic leadership whenever he can. Mm-hmm. And that worries me a little bit because there are a lot of tricks they can play. There are a lot of things they could do to convince him. Oh, no, no, we're not nuking the filibuster. This is just a, a minor technical correction. Mm-hmm. We're not nuking the filibuster. All we're asking you to do is take a walk, be out of the room while we have Vice President Harris uh, rule that 51 votes somehow satisfies the cloture standard mm-hmm. and then just just don't join the Republicans in voting to appeal the ruling of the chair. That sort of thing can chip away at the filibuster and effectively nuke it without ever requiring Joe Manchin to vote affirmatively to do so. That okay. scares me to death. So this is this is uh, the changing of the voting system. It is it becomes almost irrelevant in my in my opinion, and very unconstitutional. The federal government does not have a right to do any of this, according to the Constitution. Now, let me switch to another topic. Biden has just said that he um, is encouraging the Senate uh, and the House to uh, pass uh, the PRO Act. And that is the I mean, you want to talk about a pro-union giveaway. That's it. Tell me what you know about the PRO Act. 
I know very little about the PRO Act. I can imagine that it probably has something to do with card check. They probably want to take away the ability of workers to cast a private ballot. It absolutely does. It easier. For, okay. It goes a yeah, lot it, further it, it, it than that, something. but it, it, it does have that in it. Yeah. I mean, look, um, workers have, have got the right to form organizations, and, uh, but we've got established laws uh, that govern the process of workers making that decision. And it's important that workers be given the chance to cast their votes uh, with a secret ballot and not being watched by, uh, by people who might impose consequences on them if they don't vote the way they want to. That's a pretty fundamental part of our, our labor law system. Uh, and if they want to undo that, perhaps they just want to empower the unions, not necessarily the workers they represent, but the union bosses. That's not cool. So it also uh, it also gets rid of the gig economy. Uh, and it says it's protecting those people. But basically, it's, you know, it's uh, redoing what happened in California. And the people went nuts when that happened. Uh, so, so he wants us to go back to the era of having to sit in smelly taxi cabs. Yes. I mean, uh, that, yes. That, that, that is absolutely absurd. He might as well require us to go back to the era of the eight track cassette tape and the era of the tinfoil TV dinner. I mean, look, there are a lot of things that we've moved beyond as a society. And the old pre-gig economy is not something any of us are anxious to go back to. But I can understand why someone wedded to big labor bosses, as opposed to the workers those people represent, would want to shun technology like the plague. It would want to deprive society of the many benefits associated with it. It's tragic, but sadly not that surprising. Mike, it, you don't have to answer this because I do want to talk to you about uh, the uh, the covid relief bill as well. You, you have been so strong on this um, and we're, we've, we're now at 30 trillion dollars of debt. But I do want to ask you tomorrow. The president is going to have his first press conference and there's been some disturbing video recently. Uh, do you have any firsthand knowledge that that he's. Okay, I, I, I don't. I don't. But, you know, I, I haven't had any interaction with him uh, since he was sworn in as president. So I don't have any firsthand uh, knowledge of that or, or any knowledge beyond what uh, anyone could see on TV from day to day. And the the benchmark against which one would compare that is relatively small because his TV appearances have been relatively short, relatively scripted and in relatively controlled environments. So, um, yeah. Well, there is precedent speculation. There is precedent on this uh, when uh, people from the opposing party and his own party uh, went to check on Woodrow Wilson. He had had a stroke and he hadn't been seen for a year. And his wife was actually signing all of the bills. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's just there is a there is historical evidence that sometimes people hide how sick the president is uh if if it's a problem and i hope that's not happening um all right talk yeah, to well, me I, I certainly don't think that's happening we, we've right. seen some clips of him out yeah, talking yeah. to people and you know just in relatively short spurts right um i don't think that's happening either uh i just but it, it if it's progressing it it could happen um all right talk sure. to me talk to me about a 30 trillion dollar 
debt. And your comment, I thought, was great on this. It's not like Republicans can say, hey, we did everything we could. They're part of the problem. Yeah, well, first of all, we went on a massive spending spree over the last year and really over the last four years. Um, Republican spending has not exactly been a model of restraint. This one takes it to a new level. This one makes uh, an art form out of using COVID as the ultimate excuse for getting away with anything you want, even if it's hurting other people. About $2 trillion that was spent, very little of it actually was tied to COVID. And and this comes about, uh, by the way, at a moment when it'll take us up to a $30 trillion debt. Comes about at a moment when we're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel. Vaccines are coming out. Immunity is building. Infection rates, hospitalization rates, death rates are going down. We're spending $2 trillion extra in the name of COVID, but very little of that actually goes to COVID. In fact, less than 1% of that bill crazy. goes to vaccine production and distribution. So what the heck is it then? Well, $1,400 checks, and then you got your uh, $375 billion going to state and local governments, which, by the way, are roughly on par with where they were ex- expected to be revenue-wise. Some yeah. states have even seen their revenues go up. Yeah, This is just a big giveaway. Uh, a giveaway, so, especially to a lot of states that have been loyal to Democrats. And I find that really offensive. So, Mike, what do you need from the the people? Because I think people want to do something. They just don't believe that anything will change. And um, and then also people feel very alone right now. What can the people do? All right. What, I, what, what the people can do, anyone within the sound of my voice who happens to agree that we've got a problem with Washington this stuff is just gross. Just focus. Anytime you get a chance to talk to a member of Congress or somebody running for any federal office, talk to them about the fact that you'd love to see the federal government just do the things the federal government is supposed to do. That means borders, uh, immigration laws, weights and measures, trademarks, copyrights, and patents, national defense, declaring war, granting letters of mark and reprisal, bankruptcy laws, uh, regulating international and interstate trade. That's about it. Focus on that stuff. Focus on Article 1, Section 8. Leave everything else to the states. It's already the law. It's already the Constitution. It's already the case that every member of Congress and every president has taken an oath to affirm that same principle. We got down this rabbit hole because starting about 85 years ago, Senate's Houses of Representatives and White Houses of every conceivable partisan combination have been engaging in this legislative orgy that assumes that everything is appropriately federal. And they're spending more and more and more money doing a lot of times stuff that really isn't any of our business. Spend most of that at the state and local level. Send most of this federal authority back to the states where it belongs. That's where I think the message needs to be. Mike Lee. Thank you so much. I appreciate you standing. I, I can't imagine how frustrated you are to be working in that. Uh, but I'm glad you're there. Thank you so much, Mike. Hey, thanks so much, Glenn. It's, it's not that bad if you don't think about it. You just keep <laughs> plugging along. <laughs> I know that. Thank you so much. That's why I wish I weren't a uh, recovering alcoholic, because just alcoholism would do a lot of wonderful things for me right now. 
Um, let me tell you about uh, timeshare termination team. You can tell timeshare owners when you see them, you know, because you usually see them at the bar and they've they're on like their eighth drink. And, uh, you know, they'll talk. Believe me, brother. It, it, and, and, and another thing, you want irony? I'll give you I, 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 irony. I bought that stupid timeshare so I could go on vacation. And here's the ironic thing. You want irony? I bought a timeshare to uh, take a vacation. Uh, but and now, uh, when I want to go, this stupid thing costs me so much, I can't afford to go on the vacation. If this is you, when you sober up, it's time to call Timeshare Termination Team and take advantage of their 100% get-you-out guarantee. 100% get-you-out guarantee. Timeshare Termination Team, get the process started. Don't keep putting it off and get stuck with another year of timeshare that you're just not going to use. You'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare. So make sure you tell them that I sent you and you're going to get that 20% off when you use my name, Glenn Beck. Call 1-888-GET-YOU-OUT. That's 888-438-8688. You can also visit them online at timesharetermination.team.com. Have the peace of mind with Timeshare Termination Team's 100% money-back exit guarantee. Learn more now online at timesharetermination.team.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So, have you seen the price of gas lately? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, thank you, Joe Biden voters. No, seriously. I think people all over America just love you right now. Oh, and it's going up more and more. The, the oil prices are up yet again today. Mm. And uh, this will be something. Do you remember the days where that was a big news story when oh, yeah. George Bush was president? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and would, then and then Obama was president and it still went up and no one cared. No one cared. Nobody no. talked about that. No. Mm. So I assume that we're going to get that treatment again here where yeah. gas prices will go up and it just won't be that big of an issue. Because, look, the climate is an existential hey, threat. Listen, you, we got to do the You getting things. to work isn't one. Yeah, we got to do the things that we have to do. You know the yeah. thing. You, you know As the Joe thing. Biden famously said, you know the thing. Right, the thing. Mm -hmm. Pledge allegiance to the, you know, you the, know thing. the thing. The thing. <laughs> and he's got that guy in that thing across the river that does the military stuff. Yeah, that guy, the general. <laughs> the I call him general, but call he's, general. I don't know. He's kind of a general. He's uh, actually, the word you're looking for is secretary mm. of defense. And the, the thing general. that he runs is the Pentagon. That's just, I just want to. He's the guy that, that, he's the animated general that sells the insurance, right? It's that guy. It's the general. No, not, not the general. Not no. that. Not that. Okay. You can call him a general, but he's actually not a general. The Ugh. general he was talking about was actually a general, but now is a secretary. How did how how did a four-star general become a, a lowly secretary? Typing and stuff like that. Don't don't we have other people to do stuff like that for those generals? <laughs> Imagine how much easy I, every once in a while I fantasize about this. Just think about how much easier it would be to just be a liberal? Oh my like, gosh. I mean, it, listen, so great. they have a president who can't 
talk. And they're just like, well, we just won't ever put him in front of the people. And no one will say anything for six months. It'd be so like, great. Wait, what? But you That's an option? You wouldn't really know what you believe. I mean, here's no. the good side. While we're all in the gulag, we'll know exactly what we believe. Yeah, that's you know? wow. It sounds wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's I really mean, what you're going to care about because when you're in we're the gulag. because we're questioned <laughs> yeah. all the time. Because we have to defend ourselves now, literally all the time. We know what we believe in. We know why we believe in it. We, it humbles you. It does. Look at the arrogance of the left. It's just we know. We know we're right. We know what's best. We know what's wrong with those people. We're the only ones that can fix it. I don't feel that way about anything. I don't. Uh, the only thing I'm certain of is that I'm not certain of anything anymore. And uh, I do my best, but I'm open to other ideas. I would see people don't understand this. I'd love, it's like Stu said, I'd love to be a liberal. I'd love to be in the popular group. Love it. Love it. Love to, love to be able to have just a, just a gateway to wild success. Hmm. You don't have to be good at things. Like, you know, Barack Obama, he's getting like multi-million dollar contracts with Netflix for no reason at all. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, just yeah. This seems to happen to these guys just yeah. fr- constantly. And I meet with Netflix, and they love what I have to say, and then they have to run it by, you know, the powers of be, and it just never seems to happen. <laughs> Darn huh. it. I was shocked. <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck Program. If you're living in pain, especially if you're living with constant and severe pain, like I have this pain in my, and it's... Uh, I tried to have it removed. Uh, I think Friday they're having still removed. (laughs) It sucks. uh, And it sucks the life right out of you when you're in constant pain. Get out of pain. Try relief factor. I know you've tried a million things, but could I just ask you just to try this? Relief factor has worked for me in a huge way. I still take it every day. I just took it a couple of hours ago. I take it every day. Why would I do that if it wasn't working? I could, you know, I could read the commercial and tell you I believe in it, but I take it every single day. I believe in it because it's worked for me. And 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to order more because it works for them. Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com. 800-500-8384. Please. I invite you to do it now. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks on your subscription to Blaze TV tonight. Back to back. Stu does America mm. and Glenn TV. Yeah. There is a real problem in America. It's a new one. You might not have heard of it. But it's starting to make the rounds, and we have to take it seriously. How do I know? How do I know? Well, let me start here. AAPI, of course, you probably, as a racist, don't know what that stands for, but it's Asian American Pacific Islander. And please, I implore you to stop hating them. I don't know why people do it, Stu, but they... 
stop the AAPI hate. They thing. just can't stop hating Asians. I don't know why they're doing it. I know. It's, I know. It's terrible. And I wouldn't have known about this if it hadn't been for giant corporations. That's how we get all of our moral leadership. Sure. I've always thought, what do the sneaker companies do? You know what I mean? Yeah. What do they think about they this? They seem really moral. You know, because they're not making <laughs> sneakers in like sweat camps in China. No. No way. Not in no Asia. Way. That's uh, for sure. Uh, no way. Nope. Like Converse. Converse says, hate towards one of us is hate towards all of us. The strength of our community is demonstrated in the way we speak up for each other. And we at Converse stand against hate, <gasps> violence, discrimination, and racism. We stand in solidarity with our Asian community. Hashtag stop Asian hate. Mm. Oh, that is great. Now, that's just one sneaker company. What about the other sneaker company? Uh, Nike is another one. Uh, Nike, to our Asian community, we respect you. Mm. We are with you. Nike condemns racism. I like this one because they did it with the, the dark text and yeah. it just like the, the, yeah. the words slowly I faded like up. I oh, like yeah. it. Uh, Tommy Hilfiger, we stand with the Asian community. We must all be united against racism. Um, I don't even know this company complex. Mm-hmm. It's whatever they do. The important things. The, they stand We stand in solidarity with the Asian American and Pacific Islander communities against the rise in xenophobic rhetoric, racist acts, anti-Asian hate crimes. Join us and help stop AAPI hate. ESPN, which rarely checks in on anything political. <laughs> ESPN stands with the Asian community, rejects racism, xenophobia, violence, and intolerance. Uh, HBO, hate has no home here. We condemn racism, xenophobia, and all of its forms, including the rise of anti-Asian hate crimes in recent weeks since uh, the COVID-19 pandemic began. Nickelodeon, so our kids can do this. We stand united against racism, hatred, violence, the recent rise of attacks against Asian American and Pacific islanders uh disney has a whole paragraph uh on it uh disney plus has another one yeah i mean i don't know i mean i haven't heard from all of the companies but it seems like there is a problem Stu. with i what i what i gather is white rednecks hating asians and yeah. just beating them up well i'm particularly con- uh, concerned about hbo plus or excuse me uh disney plus mm-hmm. because if someone compares Asian American hate to the concentration camps, will they be forced to fire themselves? We don't know. We don't, we don't know. know the answer we to don't that. Know. We'll get into it, I'm sure. We don't know. Really soon. Um, also, you, if you didn't see the company statements, you may have heard this from uh, actress Olivia Munn, who went uh, viral with her course, passionate Olivia. statement about Asian American intolerance. Yeah. Listen. We've been going through so much in our community. And going through this over the last year, you know, the, the astronomical spike in hate crimes against Asian Americans astronomical. Um, mm. and actually Asians in, in all communities where we're marginalized. Mm. You know, I have friends in, in London tell me about that. Gemma Chan is, speaks about oh, that, that wow. it's happening in London as well. And, huh. you know, we, I, we go through all of these struggles and hate crimes uh-huh. and mm-hmm just there's so much pain and it feels like we haven't been seen mm-hmm. this is legitimately shocking to me i will say uh i had no idea olivia mom was asian i had no idea yeah, either I, I just saw I her as know. beautiful yes yeah, i just you know said I mean? no i didn't yeah, know that but wow. that's, that's isn't okay. interesting shocking. so why is this happening why all of a sudden is every company on the planet i think mcdonald's came out yesterday with another statement mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why are they doing this what what is going well, on Well, it was so popular when they did it with stop the hatred towards jews 
Oh, no. They don't seem oh, wait, to. No, they didn't do that. No. That's weird. We'll have to ask Andrew that's Cuomo weird, about yeah. how, how that's working. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so mainly the information comes from uh, Russell Zhang. He is the chair of the Asian American Studies Department at San Francisco State University. He created a tool which basically allows people to message the organization and tell them about the hate crime they were a victim of. So if you're walking down the street, someone spits on you, someone says an anti-Asian slur, beats you up because you're Asian, you go to the website and you report it to stop AAPI hate. Mm. And then, I, you know, the media basically parrots whatever. So let's say you were walking out. in an alley in Chicago mm-hmm. and you were just going to the store. You had gotten home sure. and you were alone. And there was a, one place in the alley where the camera wasn't pointed to. Oh, no. And you were jumped <laughs> by a bunch of guys who the cameras never picked up. Sure, sure. And they put a noose around your neck. Mm-hmm. Okay. You could just call and report that. Uh, do you have a Subway sandwich? Well, uh, I did. Okay. I, and I never dropped my Subway sandwich <laughs> That's in the good. whole time. You could report that. I could report so it. Okay. It is an important detail here that this is a self-reporting website. Okay. Not right. a, a measure of criminal statistics right. by the FBI. Mean, that doesn't mean it's not happening. No. Yeah. No. And, and actually, some of it is happening. Like we have, There's been videos that have been circulating. Horrible videos. Uh, do we have the video of the guy getting pushed out to the ground? I mean, these, I hate this. I mean, this guy just, oh, elderly guy just gets hammered as... as uh, for no reason, from behind, from this uh, random guy passing. There's another him. guy. I saw another one where a guy's in a subway. He does exactly the same thing. Yeah, the Biden administration put out a big statement about this. Mm-hmm. But can we think about what's being alleged here for a second? This is what stuck me. Initially, got me going on this. We're basically told that the coronavirus, you know, starts in China, and that Dead. apparently begins a simmering hatred among. Mm-hmm evil Americans mm-hmm, on the other mm-hmm, side of the globe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. Donald Trump starts using the term China virus. Janet. Now, the mainstream media also used it for months, but it was only effective, apparently, to these racists when Donald Trump started saying the China virus. Janet. So he started saying the China virus, uh-huh. and that inspires these people. And then after sitting around in sort of pseudo-quarantine for like a year... They one day decide, you know, this is the day I'm going to go out and just start beating up Asian people. Well, because I, I'm mad about the virus that started in another country. Little China and flu. See, this is what happened. It was stuff like this that has created this. Little China flu. I mean, I look, I don't have a high expectation mm-hmm. of America, of the American people at times. I can get a little cynical, as you may know, Glenn. Yeah. But are people, have you ever met a single person who would be so dumb that they would go beat up an Asian American person because a virus started in China? Now, I'm not saying none of them exist. See, let me tell you this. I have met people so dumb, Mm -hmm. fill in the blank. I've met a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but you have to change that with so hateful, so dumb and so hateful that they think that that guy who's Asian is somehow or another responsible for what happened in China. Right. You that's know, not that's, that's logical. A, that's a that's a combination that I think is probably pretty rare there. You know, they don't run the Chinese government. The, the guy you see uh, walking down the street who happens to be Asian does not run the Chinese government. There's a much better chance he's actually escaping the yes, Chinese right. government to come here. So let me ask you a question, because mm-hmm. they're making this sound like it's a Trump 
supporter thing, a white supremacist thing. Yeah. And um, the, the they keep saying how it's happening, happening in Berkeley. And I I'm not sure there's a lot of MAGA supporters. Yeah. Not a, it's not, not it, a hotbed. Yeah. You know, the, the in fact, the video we just showed is actually from Oakland. Um, now, first thing you need to know about this video is that this, this is a quote from the report. The suspect in the Oakland assault, Yahya Muslim. Hmm? His name is Yahya, Yahya Muslim. Muslim. Okay. He was charged with three counts of assault, including great bodily injury and committing a crime against an elderly person. I mean, so, nothing so screams. Wait, that's not the guy. That's not the guy who was down on the ground. No, the Yahya guy who pushed Muslim. him and charged with the crime was named Yahya Muslim. And there's nothing that screams white supremacist more than a guy named Yahya, Yahya Muslim. Muslim. Yeah. I, you know, I will say. Can we please stop blaming the Muslims for everything? The whole Muslim family, <laughs> Yahya, Jermaine, Tito, all of them, all of them. All None of, them. of the Muslims did this. Stop it. So you're in there. This is in Oakland. OK, now, Donald Trump got a lot of people to vote for him. Can I go? But with not Pip? in Oakland. Can we blame Pippa? <laughs> no, we can bet Pippa Muslim. OK, she's probably yes, guilty. That's okay. OK. All right. So. Trump lost in Oakland 82 to 16. Right. This is not a hot spot of Donald Trump voters. Well, uh, that's because they were all. The, the, I mean, he had the real number was 156 to 86. Oh, really? And they were all stolen. Oh, ah, okay. Because there's a lot of conservatives there in Oakland. Tons of conservatives yeah, in Oakland. A lot of them. Some of these uh, reports on Asian American violence have talked about a ninefold increase in New the York anti Asian hate in New York City. Yes, yeah. you've seen that. Mm -hmm. So, again, New York City, not exactly a MAGA hotspot. Uh, he lost by more than 50 points in New York City. Okay. Huh. But the ninefold interest up, uh, increase appears to be true. However, the raw numbers are it went from three incidents in 2019 to 28 incidents in 2020. That's 28 too many. It's 28 too many. 100% correct. And it is an increase and it's notable. However, it's 28 incidents in a city of 10 million people. Uh, so is that just Manhattan? That's uh, well, no, it's the it's New York City proper, uh, I believe. So it's like eight point four million, I believe, okay. is the population. Because the, the metro, the metro is even bigger. Than yeah, that. it's like seventeen million. Something now, like that. to in the first two months of twenty twenty one, there were precisely zero incidents of this. So is this an increasing? Uh, well, what about other cities? Trend. Right. This is the thing. There was eighteen incidents in Oakland, but the law enforcement there says there are. No, there's no evidence whatsoever that any of them were racially motivated in any way. In San Francisco, there were six hate crimes against Asians in 2019 and nine in 2020. Slight increase, but I don't know that this is an epidemic level. In Washington, D.C., the opposite happened. There were six incidents in 2019 and one in 2020. Uh, there is a lot of issues here. And a lot of it goes back to the self-reporting data. This is from NBC News. Some outlets have also reported almost 3,000 hate crimes during the pandemic. The reporting form Stop AAPI Hate, which is at the center of almost all of this, uh, they collected 2,800 reports of hate incidents nationwide over five months last year. But the incidents weren't necessarily hate crimes. They included less severe yet insidious forms of discrimination, including shunning 
verbal harassment and name calling. Now, I am 100% anti-shunning, Glenn. You should not shun Asians in any way. Well, no shunning. If they're Stop conservatives, the if they're conservatives, they should be shunned and canceled. Okay, yes, Asian conservatives right. should be wildly if shunned. If they're Uyghurs, we should shun them. Shun, them. shun away. Shun them, yeah. Double shun if you yeah, need to. right. But not Democratic Asians. Never shun them. Okay, so... So we agree that Asian Americans shouldn't be shunned. Yeah. Right. Yes. We got that. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in, you know, we're, and it's, this is just not just conservatives, by the way. New York Times also went into this. They say that the Stop AAPI Hate, which started after the coronavirus began, is saying there's an increase, but they can't they can't compare it to the previous year because the organization didn't exist. So they sit. They cur- they went. From zero to twenty eight hundred incidents, uh, because there was zero. Well, right, because there was zero. zero. They did, the organization didn't exist. Uh, also, there's a lot of people, and we we noticed it with the Yaya Muslim family um, that happened to be African Americans. The New York Times even asks this: How does this explain attacks by black people? Were they also acting as Mr. Trump's white supremacist henchmen? Do we really believe that there is some coordinated plan by black people to brutalize Asian Americans? This is not me asking this. This is in the New York Times. So the bottom line is this is a self-reporting uh, uh, situation. And it seems to be we're, we're not going to hear about this when the FBI released the actual Numbers. crime statistics in 18 months. And we show basically mm-hmm. a flat line. Mm-hmm. Th- that's not going to be a story. It's mm-hmm. going to be a story until then. But you should at least know the truth. Well, you shouldn't shun anyone. No, uh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be shunning anyone for really any reason uh, other than I mean, racism is so it bothers me. It really bothers me because sure. it's so lazy. <laughs> get to know somebody and then hate them just don't hate them based on their skin color that's just lazy all right michael burry you know the name i know Stu is a big fan of the uh, uh of the movie the big short if you haven't seen it you should it's about how the largest u.s financial institutions were have been still are screwing the average retail american investor uh, kind of like GameStop. You notice that? Wow. As soon as you started getting ahead, well, the system came down on you and uh, allows them to get away with whatever they're doing. They're taking enormous risks with your money. You're busy buying GameStop, uh, GameStop stock and whatnot and then getting shut down if it works out. Dr. Burry hasn't gone away. He's now talking about a real Weimar Republic style hyperinflation of the U.S. currency system based on the gazillions of dollars that we are printing. I'd love to get him on the uh, on the show. We should get him on. Bottom line, it's time to hedge against all that inflation. The dollar will become worthless at some point. And I think I mean, I just don't know. I don't know the time. I just know it's going to happen. Call Goldline now. They have a great special going on with every tube of certified gold Liberty coins, which I buy. You'll get five brilliant uncirculated Kennedy silver half dollars at no additional cost. And I I buy those, too. And I didn't get that deal. You should get those. Do this deal now. These are the same coins that I buy for their authentic uh, uh, authentication. Uh, call Goldline now. The number is 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or go to goldline.com. Call them. They're waiting. 866-GOLDLINE. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's really important that you join me tonight at 9 o'clock on Blaze TV. It's our Wednesday night special. This time it's about education and uh, being able to fix things and protect your children. Need you to watch tonight if you want to get active, if you want to make a difference. Tonight we show you how to do it. Tonight, Blaze TV uh, and blazetv.com slash back. This is the Glenn Beck Program.